Lord, you are good. Good morning, Victory family and friends. This is the day the Lord has made, and we rejoice, and we are glad in it. My name is Paul. I'm privileged to serve as pastor of Victory Church of Charlottesville, where we exist to see people reconciled to God and to each other. I want to give a shout out to our Victory worship team. That's who you were listening to a moment ago. Uh, I miss hearing them and seeing them in person, uh, but grateful for the diligence in their recording so that we can have a bit of worship as we on-ramp here to the, to, the, to the spoken word of God this morning. So thank you, worship team, for all that you continue to do uh, in leading us in that way. Uh, it's a privilege, it's an honor to, to serve in this way, and I'm glad that we in this time, very surreal it is, have this medium to, to do so. Uh, this week, I'm excited to uh, kick off our victory groups here at Victory Church, uh, which if you've not been familiar with victory and our happenings, it's an opportunity on a weekly basis for about eight to ten folks to get together and share life, to do, uh, uh, to, to do life together, to study God's word together, to pray with one another, to celebrate uh, each other's celebrations and to mourn with each other when we mourn. It's just an opportunity for us to build each other up uh, as, as the Bible uh, instructs us to do and to do so in community. Of course, now it's virtual, so all of our groups are online, uh, and yet God has really been meeting us there. We had a couple of book studies over the summer, all of which were virtual. We're finishing up a marriage group right now that's been virtual, and so we're, we're looking for God to continue to work in and through even these virtual spaces uh, for community to, to build and to be uh, strengthened. And so uh, find your way over to our website if interested. We are wanting to keep the groups to about eight to 10 or so. And so we may uh, uh, not close per se, but we'll let you know if we're a bit full and, and try to find other spaces for you if we are full in one of those capacities. And to that end, we're praying for uh, even more leaders to, to crop up so that we can have more spaces that we can occupy and encourage each other through. So thank God for all of the leaders that have already uh, signed up and are on the website. We'll likely be adding a couple more at least this week um, that you'll be able to find there um, as well. So this morning, we're going to continue in our series uh, on the Holy Spirit. We've been uh, in that sermon series uh, during the month of September. And so today, I'd love for you to turn with me to the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John. We'll be looking at John chapter 15 verses 26 and 27 and then we're going to go back a chapter and look at excuse me chapter 14 verses or verse 26 so john chapter 15 verses 26 and 27 and then we're going to go back a chapter and look at john chapter 14 verse 26 and first uh as you find that scripture let's just pray lord thank you for waking us up today we're grateful for that. Uh, we love you. Thank you for this chance to study the word of God together. And I pray according to your word uh, in Psalm 119, where it says to open up our eyes so that we can see all of the wonderful things in your word. We pray that this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we'll start with uh, John chapter 15, and we'll look at verses 26 and 27, which read, when the advocate comes, whom will I send to you? Excuse me. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, 
for you have been with me from the beginning. John chapter 14, verse 26 says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Title of the message this morning is Answer the Phone, Open the Door. Answer the phone, open the door. Um, If you're like me, you may get calls every now and then that you don't recognize the number. You you may be waiting on that call from uh, the tech to fix your air conditioner like we were, or maybe the bank to to tell you that they're going to refund the fees that they mistakenly took uh, from your account. Uh, But you you know it could also be... uh, not that long-awaited upon call, but also maybe an unsolicited call that you'd rather let go to voicemail. You'd rather not let interrupt your workflow. And so you, 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 and by you, I mean we, may hesitate. Do I really want to pick this up? Could it, it could be them, but it could also be this. There's also that knock on the door every now and then we might get. You want it to be that package, uh, that Amazon package you've been waiting for, but... It could also be that same neighbor, though nice, asking another random question, uh, making your head explode. And so you think about it. We wait. We hesitate. Do I really want to get the door or do I want to continue with my Netflix binge? It's a story told of a husband and a father of seven children living in Harlem, New York, uh, who one day received a knock on the door. Similarly, there's some hesitation. Do I get it? Do I stick with what I'm doing? Uh, He decides to open the door, and there's a woman there on the other side of the door prepared to tell him all about Jesus. And this woman doesn't get but halfway through her first sentence before the man yells, I'm a Baptist, as if to say, go away. Thankfully, this man let her get some more words in, and before long, he recognizes that while there's nothing wrong at all with being a Baptist, that it does have little to do, really, with what relationship you have with Jesus Christ. It can have very little to do with that. This man, as the story goes on, goes on to fully commit his life to Jesus, and not just his denomination, and be transformed, if you will, as a follower of Christ, to be, to be a conduit of the power of the Holy Spirit. He'd go on to love his wife for over 60 years, uh, four of their children would go on to be preachers and pastors, another one a business owner, another one a lay leader in the church, another one a musician, all because he answered the door. Sometimes we too, in our relationship with God, can hesitate. <laughs> Do I really want to answer this call? I'm debating whether or not I really want to answer that phone or open the door to the Holy Spirit. Who is this Holy Spirit? Seems a little weird. What are you talking about? Why do I want to open the door to that? And God, even if I do really press in and allow the Holy Spirit to come inside and walk alongside me, I know that there might be some more potential for peace, for example, which I'm really, really appreciative of and would love to have and would be very nice and cool. But might this also mean that I'm now going to think about Jesus and maybe even bringing Jesus up in the barbershop? I'm not trying to be that guy. Might it be in the workplace where 
I'm now encouraging my co-workers to pray for that misogynistic boss. Which, by the way, is not the same as being a doormat for nonsense like that. It is far from that. But, but do I want to be that? Do I really want to pray for that person on the job? Some of us might say, y'all, yeah, I want to be comforted. I hear the Holy Spirit does that. But I'm not really sure I can be comforted in the hurt that I've experienced. It's too deep. The layers run way too deep. Too many, if you will, layers have that onion to peel back. I don't know that comfort could reach me. In fact, opening up again and risking even more hurt right now seems like a really bad idea. I'm just not about that. I get it. Grew up in church, and, and, and I've seen a little bit even behind the curtain about, about how people in church can be. I'm not even sure why God would allow that stuff to, to go on. I don't know that I want to open myself up to the Holy Spirit. Why would he even allow that hurt to have come my way? Maybe that's you. Maybe some of us open the door. But then when we open the door, we also open the door to everything else. Talking about Holy Spirit, yeah, come on in and you have a seat, right? Right here next to my friend, pornography. You can come in, Holy Spirit, but you're going to have to squeeze in next to my ambition. As a matter of fact, yes, I will answer the phone, but I'm going to need to pull in my need for control here on three-way. Can we do that? All kinds of things go through our minds. All kinds of reasons can surface for why we might stiff arm, if I could say that, stiff arm the Holy Spirit even while kind of wanting the Holy Spirit, really, at the same time. Sometimes we're not intentionally doing that. Sometimes we may not even, if you find yourself here, we're just in a place where we just don't know how to open the door. Almost seems like there's a, uh, a child-proof uh, plastic knob on the door, and we just don't seem like we can get it. We can't get the door open. We're praying. We're, we're reading the Bible. We're in a small group already, but life just seems to be so hard. We're on unemployment right now, but the checks aren't necessarily coming as they're supposed to. I'm working what seems to be 100 hours a week, feel like I'm still not getting things done. My kids, I'm trying to educate them as best I can while working. I, I know I need the Holy Spirit, but I just, I don't know. I'm trying to open this door, but it doesn't feel like the Holy Spirit's coming in. I'm trying. This pandemic has me just completely tripping, if you will, in a lot of different ways. I'm trying to show a good face, but it's hard. How do I open this door? My prayer today, and it's got to be prayer because it's so beyond us. My prayer is that we are able to persist and by that mean continue to surrender, to throw up our hands to Jesus every day in answering the phone, if you will, in opening the door and allowing the spirit to one, testify, two, teach, and three, to remind there's a particularly concentrated teaching on the gospel uh, of the uh, in the Gospel of John about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and it's it's found uh, particularly in the chapters 13 through 16. And we've chosen to lift a few verses that we read this morning out of those chapters, and for the next 17 or 18 minutes, we'll we'll talk about them as we uh, make particular points of emphasis along the way. Jesus, for example, tells his disciples in the 16th chapter in the 7th verse that it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. 
in one of the verses we did read, John 15, 26, again, it says, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Point number one, the Holy Spirit testifies. Testifies. And the, the, the witness-bearing nature or function of the Holy Spirit, and to that end, the witness-bearing nature of the church to Jesus Christ has such redemptive and theological value and significance. Jesus, if you were to read through this whole gospel and all the gospels, he's on trial. The first half of the book of John, chapters 1 through about 12, there are various witnesses that appear and that give testimony. The Apostle John makes it clear that this book is really to act as a witness document, if you will, of the identity of Christ. John chapter 20, verse 31 says it this way, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And so you and I were challenged to then read the evidence about Jesus and reach our verdict, if you will. We got to answer the phone, open the door. Jesus, by the way, intends for us too, just like the apostles, to go into all the world. Matthew 28, 19, and 20 talks about that. To be his witnesses, to testify. But it's with this context that we can learn that the Holy Spirit, though, is the chief witness for Christ. He is, in addition to the, the Ruach that we talked about last week, the Pneuma, uh, he's also the Paraclete as well. Paraclete is a Greek word for comforter or advocate, as it says here in the New International Version of the Bible. One who's called to one's aid or defense. A comforter or someone who comes to strengthen. The Spirit is in very much a witness uh, or advocate who testifies to Christ. And the apostles, by extension, are also witnesses. And I think it's important even to note, uh, as I say that, that it's uh, it's... it's Helpful to remember what it, who, what it is that qualifies them and even compels them to be such witnesses. Because the same then applies for us. And we see that in verse 27 of chapter 15 where it says, For you have been with me from the beginning. I am so glad. So glad. God, he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. What qualifies us is being with Jesus. Not a pedigree or amount of money in your bank account, certainly not your skin tone. What qualifies us is that we've been with Jesus. The disciples at this point had been with Jesus about three or so years. They'd seen some things. They'd listened to him. They'd watched him, if you will, at work, seen some wonders. And here you and I, we've walked with Jesus perhaps a bit. And if you haven't, today can be the start of that amazing journey of walking with Jesus. Because when we've spent some time getting to walk with him and watch him in action, when we've seen him heal our mothers from a brain aneurysm, when really it should have taken her out as it did my mother, as it did not my mother because she was healed of it, I meant to say. When we've gotten to see that, when we, when we experienced God taking our losses, losses of friends due to suicide and cancer and gun violence, which happened to be my case in my teenage years, 
and put us back together emotionally and even position us to now be in a place to help other kids experiencing similar predicaments when we've been with him? We can testify. The training, there's no, no pedigree or degree as I referenced before, just being with God, observing him at work. Has there been anybody, I'm curious, that's been with Jesus? I dare you then to testify. Testify of the goodness of Jesus in your life. And further, when we get to know him more, through the word of God as we read the word, through fasting, through prayer, through fellowship and community, through serving as unto him with no expectation of our ego getting stroked or anything for that matter in return. When we do that, we get to share in the same activity, the same witness bearing that the Holy Spirit does because now the Holy Spirit is now working in and through you and working through me. We think about it. The Holy Spirit, the third person in the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, is ideally situated, ideally suited, if you will, to be the chief witness for Christ because of the intimate companionship with Jesus throughout his ministry. Even from the beginning, we look at Genesis 1, and we alluded to this last week, Genesis 1, 26, where it says, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Holy Spirit's been around, been there from the beginning, and now in the New Testament, all of the activity of Christ is unfolded in the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's why his witness, the Holy Spirit's witness, is so important and so potent and so reliable. And so when we allow Jesus Christ into our hearts, the constant companion of the Holy Spirit comes right along. And so to lack the Holy Spirit or even to deny the reality of or, or to stiff arm the Holy Spirit is to lack Christ and deny Christ. More positively framed, though, to embrace the Holy Spirit, to commune with the Holy Spirit is to embrace. It's to commune with Jesus Christ and to become a witness to and for Christ. Apostle Paul says it this way in Romans chapter 8, verse 9 and 10. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. Not our righteousness, of course, because we know that our righteousness, Isaiah 64 and 6 says, is as filthy rags. But it's because of the one with all power to declare us righteous, because of Jesus. And it's with that bit of a lengthy backdrop, if you will, that I want to now encourage all of us to embrace the truth that the Holy Spirit is the same paraclete, the same one who walks beside us when we feel like no one else cares about us, the same advocate that will come to our defense when our past is being used by others as a prison. The same one who can bring us strength when the perpetual microaggressions weaken us to the point of inarticulable uh, uh, weakness. The same one to bring comfort amidst a pandemic that is wreaking havoc on so many psychologically, emotionally, physically, and so much more financially, educationally. I've literally come downstairs into our unfinished basement this morning to declare that when we spend time with Jesus, 
when we turn off the Netflix maybe just a few minutes early and, and go and pray, when we get up a little bit earlier perhaps to go read his word, when we set aside one hour or so a week to spend in community with, the, with others intentionally. Again, our victory groups are kicking off this week. <laughs> when we commune with Jesus, we start seeing just how uh, uh, Jesus has been and is now and will be at work. The ways that he wants to work in and through us. When we're doing that, I believe, point two, that the Holy Spirit will teach us. Because the Holy Spirit teaches. John 14 and 26, which we've read this morning. The Holy Spirit will teach us how to uh, get more comfortable making folks uncomfortable. The Holy Spirit will teach us how we can get dressed, as Colossians 3 talks about. Get dressed with, uh, with, with compassion and kindness, and humility, and gentleness, and patience. When the advocate comes, the Holy Spirit will teach us how then to turn over tables that need turning over in our spheres of influence in our community, and do so while making disciples at the same time. The Holy Spirit will teach us how to love our spouses. The Holy Spirit will teach us how to love and cover our children. The Holy Spirit will teach us what reconciliation looks like when we open the door. Open the door to the advocate. Answer the phone. Supernatural learning can happen. And thirdly, the Holy Spirit will remind us, will remind us of all that God has said. Holy Spirit will remind us that there is literally no weapon formed against us that will prosper. He'll remind us that what God has joined together, let there be no pandemic or loss of income or other setback that will tear you apart, married couples. That greater is in, in, in us, that greater is he who is in us than, than he who is lying about us right now. That though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we need not fear evil because the Lord God is with us. That imposter syndrome cannot win in this season or any because the Holy Spirit is our defense lawyer, better than Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr, put together. He's never lost the case. There's never been chaos that he couldn't bring order to. Hello, creation. Never been pain that he couldn't forgive. Never been a, a loss that he couldn't work somehow together supernaturally for good. What I'm saying is that the Holy Spirit will remind us that the fight is fixed. And if you can imagine even just fighting a fight that's fixed, it changes a little bit. It changes maybe how much more good trouble you're willing to start in your community. When we know that the victory's already won in heaven, I wonder then how fiercely we'll pursue bringing heaven here down to earth as we pray in our Lord's Prayer. Let your will be done on earth as it, it's, it, as it is in heaven. When we know that in him there's peace that passes all understanding, joy, that is unspeakable. And so my prayer this morning is that we answer the phone. Answer the phone. Open the door. The advocate comes. The scripture says the advocate's come. He, he's been sent. The Father has sent the Holy Spirit already. Our prayer is, Lord, teach us how to answer. Teach us how to open the door. Teach us how to let your Holy Spirit testify. And if we've been trying, Lord, may we continue to be steadfast, unmovable, Scripture says, always abounding in the work of the Lord. 
Let us not be weary in well-doing, Galatians 6 and 9, for if we faint not, we will reap our harvest. Let us continue to answer the phone, continue to open that door. The man I told you about earlier when we started out this morning who answered the door screaming that I'm a Baptist. <laughs> that guy, all five, seven of him was my granddaddy. And one of his sons happened to be my father who witnessed that moment. And while I was not there in that moment, y'all, I can tell you, I was there growing up in Belmore when we had a, around the corner, a kingdom hall of Jehovah's Witnesses. And when I was growing up, they were known for, for knocking on, on everyone's door in our neighborhood at some point. And in that neighborhood, many would kind of peek out the door and they just wouldn't answer. No hesitation, they just wouldn't open the door. Not in our house. As a kid, I can remember actually feeling bad when they would come to our door knocking on the door because by the end of the conversation, you can tell you can by the look on their face that they were like, why did I come <laughs> to this house? Why did I come here? And I'd watch as here there was one saying they were Jehovah's Witnesses, but on the other hand, I'm, I'm watching there really be a witness for Jehovah testifying to Jesus Christ. You're answering the door today, my answering the door today, our answering the phone as much as it has implications for us right now in this pandemic, and it does. Absolutely. Our opening the door, though, to the Holy Spirit has implications for the generations May the generations beyond us know the comfort of the paraclete, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, because of our witness. May they know the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit because of the testimony of our lives. Let's answer the phone. Open the door. Let the Holy Spirit testify. Let the Holy Spirit teach. And let the Holy Spirit remind us of who Christ is. He's overcome the world. And it's at the name of Jesus that every knee has to bow and every tongue has to confess. And again, as I referenced, if you're watching this and perhaps have yet to open that door for the first time, in a moment, I'm going to play another song from our amazing worship team called Come to the Altar. And the altar that's referenced there is the one on your heart. No, we're not in a physical building where we might ask you to raise your hand or come forward. But we are in a space where God can come and, and literally knock on the door of your heart. And you say through the scripture, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, Lord, I open my heart by confessing with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And by believing in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Oh, and his constant companion, the witness, the chief witness of the work of Christ, the Holy Spirit will accompany and will indwell and permeate all of who you are and no doubt change your life forever. Doesn't mean as we often pray here and talk about that it's a storm free life after that decision is made. No. No. In fact, I can almost guarantee that you'll either be in a storm, coming out of a storm or going into one. But what the Holy Spirit can guarantee is a storm-proof life as the Holy Spirit testifies to the goodness of Jesus, as the Holy Spirit teaches us, and as the Holy Spirit reminds us of the Word of God. So, Heavenly Father, I pray for those making that important decision right now for the first time. And I pray for those making that decision 
for the second, for the third, for the tenth, for the twentieth, the thirtieth time to say, Lord, help me open this door. Help me to open the door to the to the teaching of your Holy Spirit. To the reminding of your Holy Spirit of who I am and whose I am. That no pandemic that no devil in hell can come and steal from me because you're on the inside of me. I pray, Lord, today that we all be reminded in that way, be taught in that way, that we hear and witness the testifying of the Holy Spirit, of the goodness of Christ. May we engage the word of God more fervently, particularly in this season than we've ever done before. May we engage you in prayer more than we've ever done before. May we, may we engage community in ways that we've never done so that we can really experience and be for you the witness that you've called us to be. We love you, Lord. We thank you. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for the opportunity to open the door to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Fam, absolutely love you. Uh, with the love of the Lord, uh, grateful and privileged to have this moment each week. And again, encourage you to take a look online at our victoryseville.org website. Um, oh, and our YouTube channel where you can hear more of what you're hearing now, uh, the ministry of our Victory Worship Team. But, but connect with a small group if you can. Um, if not here in Charlottesville, find a community in your own geographic space that you can connect with and be sharpened by, particularly in this season particularly in this season when we're tempted, I'm sure, to disconnect from community, may we be that much more intentional about connecting with that community. Love you, family. Let's live in victory.